Well, hello there. Hi, everyone. This is BB Peters with Dr. Andrea Gould Marks. And we have been talking about creativity for the past two weeks or so with these amazing two guests, Amber Norgard and Mark West. And we learned about the aspect of creativity from their perspective. But today, the two of us, Dr. Andrea and I, will be chatting about and investigating and exploring the idea of everyday creativity. How do two average people living their life, particularly in these challenging COVID times, how does creativity come into play into our lives? And I know, Dr. Andrea, the word play is going to get you right away, right? Absolutely. I am smiling. This is an audio recording, but I am smiling as big as I can possibly smile because when I heard you say, BB, that we were talking about this for the past two weeks, yes, we were talking about arranging our podcast with Amber and Mark. But prior to that, as long as we know each other, we've been talking about creativity and manifesting creativity and enjoying the process of manifesting creativity. So just want to say that it's a big interest of ours. So here we are talking about it because like Bibi just said, in these particular times where we are confined and constrained, creativity is creating a larger role in almost everybody's life. Guess what? Whether you know it or not. That's right. That's right. And we want to share some of the experiences that we have had, um, also uh, particularly from Dr. Andrea's um, discussion and consulting with her clients. Um, so we have a lot of different ideas of how to make that work, how to be open to it. And I have to say, for me, it really all begins with the word allow. I, you may recall, Andrea, that uh, some years ago, like five years ago, I was fighting with this word allow. I could not remember that word for some reason, but I knew that it was going to be important to me in my I life. I remember you were fighting with it. I, I was fighting. Like you were fight wherever it went, it, it then hid itself from you, and you kept trying to find it. And it was so apropos to, you know, illuminating the resistance we have when something isn't innately there where we're, let's say, more constrained and all of a sudden we decide that we're going to allow ourselves to be more open. And so it was almost like a little organic um, fight back and forth until it finally became part of you. It became part of me, even though I didn't go forth with making a tattoo of it on my ankle, but it has definitely become part of me now. That is for sure. And so you were asking about, you know, isn't that the starting point? Right. Allowing part. And definitely there's an aspect of being open. And one of the things, and I'm just remembering this in this second, that used to happen with my male clients, the men in my practice, I would find myself working with them on being able to dilate. And, and you know, our eyes dilate, all of our pupils dilate when we're trying to let in the darkness 
you know, we're in a movie theater. We don't know exactly where we're going to put our next, or we used to <laughs> go to a movie theater and right. we used to put on, you know, move ourselves along. And until our pupils dilated sufficiently, we couldn't really negotiate. So women also have no problem talking about dilating because that's something that the cervix naturally does when giving birth. So we all are familiar with that process and what it feels like to do, to allow ourselves organically to open in that way. And I love how we compare, you know, when we talk to the artists, we came to the conclusion that artistic ability includes skills and talent to create fine works of art or painting or drawing or playing a musical piece. But in our everyday reflection on creativity, it's the ability and the skill and talent to use our imagination to create and solve things and to create and solve things, but also to really bring some happiness to it, right? Because don't you find that being creative makes you happy? I mean, you're smiling now just thinking about it. I'm smiling just thinking about it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I feel sometimes like, like a monkey if I can't open a jar. So it's like that old monkey experience. You know, how is that? What is that monkey going to do? Right? It's to get the, you know, get that fruit out of the cage while well, the monkey is going to decide to use a stick, you know? And so, you know, very often in problem solving, that's what we do. We try one thing. We try opening the jar. That doesn't work. We try knocking the jar gently on the counter. That doesn't work. We try running it into hot water kind of thing. So yes, it's a matter of imagination. It's also a matter of persistence um, and, and also a matter of trial and error. Right. And it, that comes that word allow, because we say that when we allow ourselves to be creative, the more we think and act creatively, the more creative we become. It's right. not just like a one-off thing, right? We no, have to no, practice no. it like meditation. That's why it's called a practice. The same thing with creativity. Absolutely. So well said. And it's actually the practice builds a muscle. And that's why it is a good thing when children can amuse themselves, because that's the time where they're creating about ways to keep themselves amused because they like to be, children like to be engaged. Lots of times parents will engage the children and a good thing to do is to do it to the extent that the child can copy that behavior, can model that behavior. So if, you know, the mommy goes zoom, zoom with the car, you know, a couple of days later or hours later, you can watch the baby, you know, you sneak into his room and you see zoom, zoom, because <laughs> modeling that behavior and even us in doing a podcast and and really having a playful attitude toward it we had to we actually were advised by our coach to imitate someone right that's right so that's that right. works for everything it works for work and it works for play and play works for imagination and and creativity yeah and solving yeah. So let's talk about um, some of the smaller creative um, experiences that you and I have in an ordinary day. Tell me about yours, the top oh. two or three or something. 
Well, and you know, one of them that I noticed this morning is that I am swimming. I am swimming lots, which is inherently a boring activity um, unless you play a game with yourself. And one thing I had control over other than my limbs, which were almost kind of semi-automatic once I would start them, um, is my imagination and putting my imagination in different parts of my body and in different rhythms. I don't know how this must have looked for the outside, but I'm breathing through a snorkel and I'm like using percussive sounds to do like a little dance in the water. So I'm changing my strokes as I'm going. I mean, that was the ultimate one. I had others where I was just putting my imagination in my in my legs, others just in my arms, others within a dimension of wide, and then others in a pointy dimension. And so I was playing with all the dimensions I could. So, so that you must was, be a very good swimmer then for you to be able to do I'm that. I'm a creative swimmer. <laughs> You're a creative swimmer. I won't be crossing the English Channel anytime soon. Like that woman that some years ago swam from like, I don't know, the U.S. to England or somewhere like that, right? You won't be doing that. No, I won't be doing that anytime soon. But by the same token, I love what you were saying earlier before we began about the pots and pans. Oh, thanks. Yes. So... I was just thinking of like, what is a nice, easy way to explain creativity, right? And for me, it um, occurred that, you know, let's say you have a patio or you are on a balcony and you sit out there every day, particularly now during COVID, just to get a little cozier with nature. And you observe the pots that you have, however many, three, five, 10 pots. And of flowers. Of flowers, potted flowers, potted grass or plants, yes. And so you're sitting there and it kind of occurs to you, you kind of hear a little voice inside your head and say, you know what, if I arrange them just a little differently, I'm going to maybe see more of the pots uh, so that they're not so covered. So if you jump on that idea and if you kind of gut, you know, check it just for a minute, that will propel you to action. So you get up and you move the pots around a little bit and voila, you sit back and you say, hey, that was a great idea. So one, you had this lovely idea to take some action and that's, that is creativity right there and then, right? Right there and then, and there are so many endless examples of it. The issue is capturing them as as thoughts that are worth pursuing per se. So you can be, you know, pouring coffee in from a French press and all of a sudden think of a better way to do it or a different way to do it. But that's more of a reactive creativity. You're describing the kind of creativity that can come from emptiness and from silence. And the importance of emptiness and silence is that we need those times in order to consolidate, in order to clear the clutter, consolidate what we've got, you know, have it be usable, and then to be open to inspiration, which we didn't even begin to mention in this one. So we'll have to do a whole other podcast on inspiration because sometimes you don't have an idea 
until you see a television program or have a conversation with a person or listen to a podcast or read a book. Or when you're sitting out on your balcony or your patio, right? And something is hitting you as, oh, this could maybe use a change. So just to kind of make it more simplistic, there's the creativity that arises from within And we can't really say it arises from nothing because it arises from our life experience of observations, of noticing the way things work. So I think I want to go back to the fact that, um, or the analog, let's just say, the analog, that the brain has muscles. And we all also have the ability to continue to grow neuronal connections, that's connections of our neurons, both within the hemispheres, like we have two hemispheres in our head, um, within those hemispheres, and also within various parts and between the hemispheres. So doing, action, learning, experimenting, does actually build structure and weight in the brain. We'll take a brief break, and when we come back, we will get into some of the more common and and sometimes overlooked forms of creativity in our very own homes. Yes, and also we'll look at um, maybe like little secrets, little processes, right, that are psychologically based that empower us to continue to practice those um, responses or acknowledge them and put them into play. And that conversation will continue after this short break. Hi everyone, this is Dr. Andrea for Boom Goddess Radio. Today, we're inviting you, our listening audience, to write, blog, record, or otherwise communicate your observations, photographs, or other kinds of creativity that are capturing your attention during this period of sheltering at home. Please write to us at info at boomgoddess.com or send us a note on Facebook at Boom Goddess. We'd love to hear from you because it's your experience that inspire us and powers our future programming. So from all of us to all of you, stay safe, healthy, and open to new awarenesses. everyone. This is B.B. Peters and with Dr. Andrea Gould-Marks, and we're talking about everyday creativity, how any of us can tap into that and expand on it. It was so much fun talking about playing, right? Because, you know, doing this podcast and recording is playing for us, right? So we already know how that feels. So let's talk about play a little bit and how that helps us open up and allow for more creativity to come to us. I think that it's, it's helpful to think about our childhood experiences. So I am asking you, what did you do as a child? What was play like? You grew up in Poland. You weren't here till you were 11. How does a Polish child play? 
Well, I, I have this immediate picture of being with my girlfriend or two sitting on a blanket by raspberry bushes, and we would just pick them and then talk and play and uh, have little cutouts of paper, clothing for little dolls, and that was our playtime, being outdoors. And I think really that's where my love for nature, particularly here in the, in the Southwest, has really blossomed because of that earlier experience. And how about you? I, I was just thinking about the backyard experiences growing up in uh, suburban New York City and how I would put my nose right in the grass just breathe deeply in the, and we had three cherry trees in the backyard and they were a constant source of imagination. I was constantly joining them together with ribbons and, you know, and playing with nature, like up close and personal. And we spent a, an incredible amount of time outside, even if it was freezing cold, even if it was snowing. Everything was a great adventure. I once was <laughs> walking home from school with a friend, we were about seven, and I said to her, let's see how wet we can get. It was torrential rain, and that's what we did. We arrived shivering at her house, which was first, and her mother was like, what are you doing? <laughs> And it was play. It wasn't stupidity. <laughs> it was experimentation. I love that. We often have said that if we can revert back to childhood and allow ourselves those ideas and those experiences, we would be a lot more playful now and more open to creativity. Here's the cognition. We would think things like, let's see what happens if. Let's see what happens if I. So as adults, we think we have to know in advance. Like, I'm not just going to experiment with recipe. I'm going to look it up first, some people would say. I might say, let's see what happens if I put this in the oven. Or let's see what happens if I freeze it before I, you know, whatever. That kind of allowance to see what happens if. And especially now in the time of COVID, What's so special about the time of COVID, baby? What are the dimensions of it? What is it that COVID does that helps the creative process, do you suppose? Well, you just mentioned cooking, okay? That's one example where people are making banana bread left and right. They are, they are creating new recipes or just cooking from a recipe and expanding their repertoire of what they have and what they can create, right? So there is so much of it. Clothing, you and I were talking about getting dressed and not saving the clothing that is hanging in our closet for when we, quote, go out, quote, to put it on now and be creative with that, right? I used to have a friend who would come over and open my refrigerator and she'd say, let's see what we can make out of what we've got. And I said, well, we could go, we could drive down to the supermarket and get this. And she goes, no, 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 let's see what we can make. It's already in your refrigerator. But the deal about creativity is that it takes place within a constraint as well. We would think, well, it's, you know, freedom to do whatever. But guess what? Too much freedom doesn't create the constraints necessary to motivate 
the creativity because you have to do it within some boundaries. Like we have to do everything now on our own in the boundaries of our home. How are we going to figure out our tech problems? We have to problem solve basically. What tech problems? Who has tech <laughs> problems? But those ki- any kind of limitation, let's make this without milk. Okay, we don't have salt. Let's use Parmesan cheese. You know, those are limitations. And that's creativity, right? Right there, right in a nutshell. And for me, it has been, I've been so engaged, as you know, in creating Boom Goddess eBooks. I see there's so much value to them that we can share with people. Um, and so, the constraint that I need to put on myself to continue to dive into that is allow the time, set the time aside, put some time on my calendar to where that creativity can occur. And then use some of the marvelous writing that you have done about a multitude of topics and add my own words and thoughts to it, and then create an ebook that we both can be confident would be of value to our listeners. So I'm in the middle of that. Right, right. And, and when we can find a project that allows us to do something like that, we're, we're happy. And even though we're confined, we're fortunate that we can create a project for ourselves. I mean, that is ultimate freedom. And I also wanted to say that in the ebook, um, with respect to the ebook, there are templates. So those themselves, those templates, any template yes. creates the yes. that doesn't impede creativity. It it assists creativity. And so that's what happens because otherwise you can get so overwhelmed with ideas. That's a very exciting thing. And I am opening up to doing a segment called Ask Dr. Andrea that we're going to share on our yes. podcast. And so just even thinking about that, that's another work in progress. And I think what I can say about us in our adulthood is that work is is play for us in a lot of ways. Well, and I just wanted to go back to what you said about as Dr. Andrea. It is, um, it's not too early to let our listeners know now that they can forward questions to us at info at boomgoddess.com. And they can ask questions about creativity, about life's challenges, or any of the myriad of topics that we've covered in the past and will continue to cover. Uh, We'll have more structure to what those questions could be, but that's going to be, I think, a terrific way for our listeners to connect with us. In tying that into another work in progress passion project of ours, is the book that we're writing on friendship. And so to encourage our listeners to, listeners to send us any questions, comments, ideas about friendships that they have, stories um, that, that actually can be good teachers for other people or good examples for our other listeners, 
that would be a great thing. So we have lots of questions, love and relationships and friendships and creativity. And then there's work, career, change, transition, relocation. We've covered the waterfront um, in our hundred or so podcasts that we have done thus far. Most of them on um, listed on um, as podcasts on our website at bloomgoddess.com and also on SoundCloud and uh, on the podcast app on the iPhone and any phone. Um, and that's just Boom Goddess. Let's leave our listeners with like one or two snippets of how they can become more creative. One idea that comes to mind is you can write a letter to someone who's alive and just share your gratitude and appreciation for them being in your life. And then you do a little Zoom call or a phone call and you just read that letter to them. Um, I can just imagine the glow that you would get by reading that and sharing that and imagine the feeling that the recipient will get. So here's a little nugget of creativity. Right. What else? That, what other? And that, that could issue a flood of happiness and, and sense of, of well, well, well-being for both, for both parties. Um, the creation of happiness is, um, it's an interesting thing, the word happiness, but um, creating it is first, I guess, I would say knowing yourself and not being afraid to remember all the way back into your past about what pleased you when you were very little and you didn't have the world open to you as you do and as, as we used to as adults, <laughs> the world open to us. We had to live within the constraints of a family for a period of time. So what did we do to make ourselves happy then? And ask the question, and I was talking to one of my clients the other day, and she used to play accountant. Accountant? Yes. She used That's to play accountant. Perfect. And, 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 and we laugh um, about it because that would be the last game that I would play. I would definitely play with colors. And whatever I could do with colors, whether they were crayons or colored pencils or paints, that was a way for me to create happiness. And I would even call it my happiness as a child. And the best was to sit and do that on the screened-in porch while it was raining. And so to remember the feelings of either coziness or safety, if we were lucky enough to have that, or freedom. So another key is to kind of turn back the hands of time and see if you can capture some moments in childhood. Childhood is particularly fertile. It's a good place to search for the beginnings and the origins of creativity. I love that. Well, it was a it was so creative and so fun talking with you today about the topic of everyday creativity. And of course, we have a million other things to say about it and happiness. And so we look forward to getting together again and sharing those snippets of creativity with our listeners. Great to see you today. And great to have that conversation because that kind of conversation can also be, it's like the mother of invention, right? Creativity yes. is the mother of invention. Yes. Conversation is also the mother of creativity, especially 
when you're talking to somebody who you know you have that kind of chemistry with. So thank you for being you. <laughs> okay, um, until later then. Okay, see you soon. Support for this program comes from AARP Arizona, whose mission for over 60 years has been to empower people to choose how we live as we age. For more information about AARP Arizona, go to www.aarp.org forward slash AZ. For more information, visit our website, boomgoddessradio.com, and follow us on Facebook, Boom Goddess. We'd love to hear from you. Your interest powers our programs.